Hi, I'm Frances Liliana, and this is The Dallas Type, an interview series where we celebrate the different personalities you'll find in the Dallas creative community. And it's also an attempt to see if there's anything that we might identify as a unifying element between all the creatives I've asked to participate. So, in regards to creatives here in North Texas, is there a Dallas Type? Today's chat is brought to you by the letter S. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing? <laughs> I am good. I, I'm pretty sure that literally the moment we start chatting, maintenance is going to show up and my dog will bark. So that's probably going to end up being a thing. So part of the idea is that there's different cadence whenever, you know, you're kind of face to face. But I think a lot of us grew up with long phone conversations with our friends and so this is kind of mimicking that and also <laughs> trying to you know get some of if there is a dog or a kid or somebody <laughs> screaming in the background it, it adds to that personality so obviously I feel like I need a cord attached to my cell phone though to really give it that old school feel right now like I'm tethered to the wall at some point in my house so <laughs> if you want to tether yourself to the wall somehow I mean I'm pretty sure you can still do it this could be fine yeah so what you got so we'll just jump right into it so what is your full name your position and where you work uh Lauren Janine Schaefer I am a graphic designer at Eastfield College for the Dallas County Community College District. Boom. If you had a superpower or alter ego, what would it be? <laughs> uh, Non-anxiety girl. <laughs> <laughs> able to fly on planes, able to stand in a crowd for more than five minutes, that kind of, that kind of, that would be an amazing power. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe your day job to somebody that's not in the field? Um, oh. Uh, yeah, because the people in the field would totally get it and just sigh with me. Um, I guess a mixture of <clears throat> graphics and photography and pretty much at the beck and call of anyone who needs things created by hand, too. So, yeah. Do you think that there's something different about your job working for a college versus somebody working as a designer in an agency or in-house at a, at a corporation? Um in a way, it's actually pretty similar. Uh, it's just multi much more much more diverse group of clients, I think, um, because in my in my part of my job of our department, which is marketing and graphics, I handle in-house and events on campus, things needed for classes, class promotion. So I've got you know you've got STEM over here, you've got arts and communications over here, and everybody has their own kind of style. So you kind of pick up which clients want what kind of thing, the type of font, the type of imagery they usually like. Um, so it kind of keeps a little bit more diversified, which is neat. And uh, yeah, I think it it benefits the amount of people that I will do graphics for. Keeps me on my toes in a way, so it's not too repetitive with just one client or you know, a handful that was previously the case. This is a lot. And especially then my other um, coworker will do outside marketing, which, you know, goes along with all of our graphic standards for the college. So there's limitations too. So it's, it's pretty similar. So how long have you been working there and then in the, in the field in general? Um, I have been with Dallas County Community College District for, oh, I guess, about a little under a year and a half. I celebrated a year in September, 
And um, prior to that, I freelanced. I worked, I worked part-time at uh, University of Texas while I was finishing my bachelor's. And before that, I did graphics freelance, but I was also like a tour photographer, and I traveled and got my fun out early in my 20s photographing bands and doing stuff for artists and labels and such. So now I just stuck to a full-time job. Did you get a bachelor's in design or in photography? Like, how did you get into the field? Oh, yeah. So I had started out, before I grasped the concept of distance distance learning and realizing I don't have to go to a class and I can do some of these things on the road, Um, I probably learned that too late. So I feel like my, I mean, I jumped into taking classes right out of high school. I didn't want to take any photography classes. I had a really rough time in high school with a photography teacher who was very, he was a very, like, not hippie-esque, but he was very open, and he and his wife taught photography at our school and then eventually told me that I didn't have vision (laughs) and that I should switch to a different, different, yeah, this is great. It gets better. Uh, I should switch to a different kind of field, so I ended up, like, hopping into a psychology class that I could take the rest of the semester. But years later, after I had toured as a, uh, and I did photography for bands in Texas and a lot of fun, um, was published with some work, got CDs done, I went to take some classes at a college down in Houston, and lo and behold, that guy was the art teacher there. And he had a, he had a little show, so I stopped by and I told him, you know, hey, uh, I don't think you remember me, but, uh, but thank you for kind of telling me not to do this because I was able to do it on my own. And I've, Still, I think I've taken one photography class that was required for my associate uh, and then to take the bachelor's, which was fun, but um, everything else was self-taught in that way. But my degree for my bachelor's ended up being in uh, emerging media and communication through University of Texas at Dallas. And so that was able to give me a really wide variety of, you know, here's a little bit of social media, here's kind of how to do Photoshop, which all the stuff I went in knowing, but uh it worked out really well in a job search because there, you in this job, I have to wear a lot of hats, and they were able to see that and go, okay, she can handle it. So besides a visual arts minor, that's as far as I went with any photography or, or art classes. So long answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always interesting to see how people got into it and, and specifically what makes them strong, again, like, you know, wearing, like, the different hats. So this person that told you to get out of it, would you credit that person for you taking this route? Or actually, let's go on onto a more positive route. Um, yeah. Who is your hero or mentor? <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's pretty true. I always remember that story. And it, I guess as a kid, you know, you don't want to hear, hey, you're not good, so do something else. But, I mean, since the time I was 15, I was setting up props in my backyard, and instead of instead okay, ready wah wah. Instead of going to homecoming dances, I would photograph everybody, and then I'd spend my night at Eckerd printing off my rolls of film, and then displaying them on a board. Oh my God, I am a loser. <laughs> and then displaying them on a board and bringing them to school the next week, and having people order prints. So it's like I I knew what I was doing, but. I mean, this person obviously either saw that the classroom setting didn't work for me or something, but um, but yeah, I credit them with kind of partially knowing to do what I want to do versus what other people tell me to do, which is why I forewent or forgoed or whatever the word is, going to full-time college right out of high school and just kind of 
lived. And my parents were, you know, nice enough to say, all right, go on. And um, and then I was out of that and ready to settle down, you know, later on and finish and kind of go straight into work. But between that person and a coworker that I recently, that recently left our um, her position at my work, she was probably the epitome of, Gosh, I'm trying to think of how to describe her. She was very consistent. She was very, made sure that everything was perfect. And while it can kind of seem like OCD, her dial stuck with me and still does at work. And I've constantly said she was one of the best coworkers I, I ever had. So between that, <laughs> between the photography dude and my previous coworker who was a graphics assistant, those are probably my two people that I root for. So. So what is your favorite part of what you do? I think it's, <clears throat> especially with, how busy, like, we've been really busy, and knowing how creativity can sometimes take time, and sometimes you get stuck, and sometimes you are just bursting with ideas, and you're like, oh, I could use this here and this here. I mean, I'll, you know, I still have a little, I have a little folder that I will keep next to my bed, or I have a weird dream, and this color works really well with this, and I still do that, but when you're really busy, it's hard to take the time to put all these things that are in your head to work when really you just need to churn out ideas. So I think one of the best things that I like, one of the things that I like the most is being able to have that time where you've gotten all these, you know, important projects done and you're able to just sit there and just create something and start over and create and start over. Um, so having, having time, that's, <laughs> that's, there you go. That's it. Every graphic designer would love time. Um, no, it's it's the creative process. It's neat to be able to go in there and, and, and stress yourself crazy with new things that you can do and new things you can learn because there's constantly something new to, to um, that you find a tutorial online or somebody did something this way. So it's always changing, which is nice. Long answer. It's <laughs> a great answer. Um, what is your least favorite part? Not enough time. <laughs> yeah. I figure yeah, that might the, be what it is. The, uh, I mean, it's stressful. And sometimes, I mean, this last few months, especially, I mean, uh, it's late hours and missing friends and missing going to, you know, you don't just clock out at five um, like some jobs can do and some may be lucky to do, you are staying and you want to get something finished. And then, you know, <clears throat> you will, I guess, when emails come in of, of a little change, um, you want to get it done right away because, you know, your day is going to be busy. <laughs> That's probably why I purchased myself one of those, like, we have gone blank days without an incident for my office <laughs> <laughs> to attempt to uh, to make sure that the copywriting side of it is always tip-top. So my goal is to keep that at, a, at an increasing number over and over. <laughs> this year but um but yeah not a lot of time so it's there's never enough hours in the day to to be able to balance everything in your life it definitely seems a little tougher when you're on deadlines so (laughs) what are these incidents are these like freak outs or like you've gone this many days without crying or like (laughs) (laughs) without sobbing uncontrollably no um well you know Nothing's better than being able to finish a design and, you you know, you usually have to, you can proof it within your department just to double check because once you've stared at something for so long, you're going to miss little things. Mm-hmm. But uh, once you proof it out to a client, they're either going to have information that was already missing that they didn't update you with that you're going to have to put in, which when you do that, it can change the whole look of your design. You know, adding adding a date that, you know, something's extended and it's going to hear you know, you're going to, your typography, everything's going to change and you may have to start 
moving things to different lines and moving around the designs you previously had. So you plan for that, but there are tons of times when there's little errors that I'll find that I had, and oh my God, it just eats at you because you're like, how could I miss that? So it's this weird craziness of like, I just want it to be perfect when it goes out so that you don't have to start a cycle over again because you want to be able to move on to another project. But I take it so personal. And I think that's what I have to let go of in 2016 is chill and let the typos be typos. But yeah, so it's just almost like TPS reports. You're not going to get this one person saying, ah, if you're on an email chain, you're going to get a ton of people saying it. But you want to make sure you have it really well completed in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that's Well, it does go back to the whole superpower part about being able to float without any kind of anxiety. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe this is not the right job for you. No. I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I might need to switch here. Here you go. <laughs> we'll do it again. Um, but so you were talking a lot about about kind of you know your your personal pride in the projects and you know these are like little one of the the great things about design and. And, you know, specifically when you have a lot of clients and a lot of projects that you're doing, you get to juggle all of these personal babies that you're working on. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Is there a particular project that you can single out as, as something that you're you're proud of? Um, you know, especially in the last year, um, being new somewhere and, and with all the different kind of clients, one of the exciting moments is when you really – when they get back to you and they say, you nailed it, like that's always a good feeling. When you know that you've gotten what they wanted onto your design and ready to go. Um, I think it's being able to have the projects where I worked really hard on something new, something that wasn't, that was a little bit more out of the box. There's a few. I mean, being able to create something that's simple, but to them, like lay, okay, layering text and, and have, creating some kind of like a, a, not a logo, but just a, consistent image that's used across for branding. Um, it's funny. It's simple for us. Oh, look, make this and do this and just copy it across. But people who don't do this normally will be thrilled. Like, oh, this is a great idea. And it's almost like a little ego boost, but I think I think the consistency of being able to have positive reactions to your designs really make you know how much it's worth it at the end of the day because we all have beat-down days where nothing's going right. And, you know, no, you need to change this. And I, oh, I kind of want this a different color. And can this be more black? And, this, you know, like, like really? Um, but, uh, I guess, I mean, some of the stuff that we've worked, we've worked on, especially as a team, campaigns and, um, those are the things that, that make you go back to your office and sit down and be like, all right, good job. It's working, working together well with other people and bouncing off ideas. That's probably, probably, I would say, my most generalized favorite thing. Um, which is which is consistent across you know if you work in a any kind of company. So, mm -hmm. so I mean that's 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 kind of the inspiration that helps kind of fuel the next project is whenever you get that kind of reaction from a client or anybody that comes across your your work. Do you what do you do for inspiration outside of outside of work? Uh, music. Um, not oh, I wish I could play it. My husband's an incredible uh, musician, but I create playlists uh, based off of certain types of music that I use a lot to inspire my work. Um, you know, you, I have a <laughs> – there is a few that I think are based off of color charts. And, you know, this like, here's a triadic play mix because I'm super weird that way. And <laughs> it's just music that I felt fell into this certain 
certain category where, I mean, usually if we go into a project and we, you kind of see colors that you want to use or the, the, the clients are already telling you, okay, well, I kind of want it to be like this, a bit, you know, bright. I want it to be, you know, I want it to be shiny. And uh, you can go into it with a certain kind of set of music versus a repetitive design playlist that kind of caters to the mood that you're going to be in. Because for me, having that type of music um, can influence my way of design. I mean, usually uh, if I have some kind of heavy rock on and um, switch over to, you know, purity ring or something, my design is going to change. It's going to be a little bit more fluid and soft. And um, so that's probably one of the things that are most inspiring. That and, I mean, design annuals, those are always great to have in your office to kind of pick up a little bit of inspiration from other designers. Um, but, yeah, it's music. That's one of the main things. Yeah. yeah, I actually really love that answer. I was explaining to my sister the other day. Um, she was talking about Jackson Pollock being at the DMA. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite writers and one of my favorite jazz musicians happened to be in, in, in order uh, Jack Kerouac and um, Charlie Parker. Okay, uh, it explains so much. But then, <laughs> when you're when you're reading these things and 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 you're take you're looking at these inspirations from a historical context because I am also a nerd. Um, you actually see that Jackson Pollock and and Jack Kerouac and Charlie Parker were creating some of these masterpieces around the same time frame. Yeah. And so, you know, it's possible that Jackson Pollock read Kerouac and then listened to Charlie Parker while he <laughs> paint on his canvas. And it's just kind of cool to see or to hear that somebody creates playlists, which are, you know, it, it's it's something that you're kind of driving. It's 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 interesting, I think, yeah. to 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 know, you know, what you're listening to when you created this thing, and that it's it's a it's something that you actually apply towards design versus something that, you know, I think most people would picture as kind of a, like a fine art inspiration. So, Yeah, and, and you know, what's funny is um, after after my husband and I had gotten married, we had, well, obviously before, we made playlists, kind of like our, kind of like our relationship playlist of music that we were into. It's got stuff like Long Wave and Failure and, um, <laughs> we're into Failure, sorry, uh, Failure and, you know, Purity Rings on there and, um, local bands, and whenever our photographer was editing our photos, she's like, uh, let me get this playlist. She's like, this will be perfect to play. Well, And I was hoping, which I think it did work out well, that she's editing our photos of our wedding to a soundtrack that we made about our lives. So it almost felt like, oh, <laughs> this is perfect. But, uh, <laughs> But I mean, and that's I, I I love that. I like being able. It's almost it's almost like listening to the band that you're gonna go see before you go and see the band kind of thing. Like there's times when you know when we go back, when I go back and I edit some of the work that I've done, I try to bounce back to where I was at to my thinking. So I love your analogy of it because that I would hope that you know that was a absolute scenario that, you know, Pollock's over here jamming out some Parker while flipping through a little book. Um, I mean, that would make it all full circle because it's all art. So we're all tied together. We're all connected. <laughs> standing right now. <laughs> but, you know, I love it. Speaking of art, 
<laughs> any anything that you you do outside of work that's work, but you know maybe volunteering or community involvement. Why yes, Francis, there is. <laughs> okay. So um, last year I, was, I participated in ArtCon after hearing my friend Patty talk her head off about it. I had tried to attend a few years before, but that old anxiety wouldn't let me go to those old buildings. Um, <laughs> I, so I finally participated last year. Loved it. Um, you know, became a full-time volunteer slash member of ArtCon, uh, Art Conspiracy, here in old Dallas, Texas. And uh, that that took up, a, you know, some time with all of our events. I would go, um, I would photograph it. I would do social media. And besides that, um, I still, okay, so for a few weeks out of the year, sometimes I'll do freelance photography. I've kind of done portraits and stuff over the last, gosh, 10, 15 years. Um, this year I picked it up a little bit more. We had lost our we had lost our dog and we had a stack of medical bills that reached the double comma digits. And um, so I started photographing on my weekends. So this, the last latter part of 2015 has been pretty busy between our events with ArtCon, work, late nights, photographing. So those are, um, that, that's how I've kept myself busy over here. So these are pretty creative obligations. So outside of, you know, those things, if you could do anything else related but not, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Kind of like a goal for something else? Let me see. You know, I mean, I love I love the variety of things I get to do with different people because everyone needs different things. But I'd really like to my, – I guess my husband's really into sampling music now, so I'd love to make myself have – time at home to be able to have fun with that and be creative in a music aspect and who knows make make my own beats that I can design to <laughs> but uh <laughs> but I think I think that's uh it's it's been interesting he he's been purchasing gifts for me that uh, for around since it's Christmas um that are photography related because over the years he knows that I geek out about gear just like he geeks out about music gear like crazy so it's neat to share a bond with somebody going, all right, well, you're into this kind of stuff. I'm into this kind of stuff. Maybe I can teach him how to do a certain kind of photography, and he can teach me how to play beats and stuff. So that's, that's, that's my weird answer for that question. Make some, make some mad beats. <laughs> I'll slap, slap the bass. <laughs> make, well, make some 15-second little, little Instagram jigs. We'll see. So. Well, I mean, like if you if you look at that, though, I mean that is kind of where a lot of if you even look at like Adobe, right? And you're looking at oh, yeah. you know you emerging media and communications and how not only is is Adobe kind of it's this umbrella for tools that are for print designers, but then there's also you know, audition and um, oh yeah, you know, uh, premiere in these in these programs that are, that are for video and 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 music and and stuff like that, and even Apple. I mean, you've got GarageBand, oh, totally. and I mean, even this particular podcast. I mean, it's it's interesting for me. You know, this was a, a project where it's really just kind of about interviewing, mm-hmm. and um, for. Someone who hates their voice. <laughs> I'm like, why did I do this? But then it, it's really it's fun to to edit a piece of 
like a recording and then put it together because it's all storytelling. So, I mean, that's kind of the thing that we do as, as creatives is regardless of the medium we're we're just kind of putting things together until they work out. And at the end of the day, you know, whatever we create is, is, is created to inspire somebody. Right. So. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's funny that, I mean, I, I went into, I went into my bachelor's program, which is a huge reason why I would like to take a master's program through, through the college that I got my bachelor's at again, um, because the emerging media and communications at, at the beginning, we were like, oh, okay, it's just everywhere. Like, there's no one focus. Well, that was perfect because while we didn't spend too much time on one thing um, or spend too much time on another, we touched on video editing and sound editing and sound recording and um, social media. I mean, I do the social media at work for, you know, Eastfield College every day, and it, it paid off well being able to sit in a class that talked about, oh, well, you know, if you want to put this together and you can make this and add this music, and you have to be able to know how to do all that stuff because, you know, your company might not have a person for each outlet. You know, you can't walk over and go to somebody for audio and then walk over to somebody for, you know, moving, you know, moving picture <laughs> video. <laughs> okay. So, um, it's, uh, you kind of have to adapt to learning everything. But that is the great thing about Adobe is that, I mean, you get these packages of programs and, there's things sitting on your computer that you might not even have opened. Once you do, you're sucked into a deep hole of working on that until four in the morning. And uh, but they give a lot of opportunity for it. So I agree. <laughs> I <love you>. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. And and you actually, you know, I think I made this joke off the recording previous to this conversation about how you enunciate. Not only do you enunciate, but you also speak your thoughts very quickly. You're very, I think, precise, ah, and and not precise and just like this needs to be here and this answer is, you know, this whatever. But I feel like there's definitely, in design terms, it'd be attention to detail. Ah, uh, um, yeah. But <laughs> it's almost kind of a, a mastery of of that attention, and there, and, and that's the thing that I, I don't think you can say about a lot of creatives out there that they can, you know, formulate an opinion and be decisive about it and like. This is a this is my thought. This is a matter of fact. This is where I'm going to go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you think that that's something that you know benefits you as a designer, or um, you think that's something that might have helped lead you to design versus again like fine art? Yeah. Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm currently dancing around on my tiptoes in my kitchen as my dog tries to nip at me because that answer is – I'm actually he, – he was sitting over there. This will just kind of describe how I answer questions. He's sitting over here on the chair. I'm hopping around my kitchen answering these questions because if I'm not moving, I feel like I'll go crazy, and my brain is constantly going all over. And I'm glad you think I'm, <laughs> I'm precise because sometimes it's just – I don't know if it has to do with just a personality thing, but I'll just start talking, and hopefully it'll make sense, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> There was there was recently a I don't think it was a meme I think it was more of like a actual uh, study or a picture that was out on Facebook and it says you know typical eye movements of of certain kind of people and you know there's one that's listed for a photographer and of course their eye has red marks everywhere because they're constantly looking at things and it took me looking at that to go oh my gosh you think about it in your daily life 
anyone who really has to be focused around art. If you're setting up a photograph, you're constantly looking at your background. What's in the way? You know, how are these people set up? You know, is, is this leg over too far? Is her hand covering her ring kind of a thing? Um, and, yeah, I think I think any kind of person who is focused in any graphics, creative arts, creative design, is constantly looking around at everything. So you're you're not hyperactive, but maybe hyperactive. <laughs> but um but I mean you you can't just be focused on one thing. You're looking at everything. And it really took me seeing that image to go, wow, I would really like to know more about that and and um I hope this all ties back. <laughs> but uh you know just I wish I could I wish I could just tweet it to you right now. Um yeah it's I don't stop thinking um and that's that's something that's normal so i also don't stop talking so i will stop talking <laughs> <laughs> yay we're constantly casing the joint basically I guess, yeah we're we just we're constantly looking for those shady shifters so <laughs> that, that's how we roll that's yeah, out of place yeah uh <laughs> so so then if it's if it is this constant thinking and maybe it's just that you're you're, you know, a lot of creatives are also, you know, they're, I wouldn't say introverted, but they're shy and they kind of hold that, you know, the, oh, absolutely. The, the, the gem close. So sometimes talking ends up being either something that they don't do. So then when, when people, they don't formulate their opinions in words as much. And then there are yeah. people that, that can. And I don't know if it's out of like, well, it's, it's, uh, it's, an uh, eccentric introvert is almost, I know that there's all these little quizzes that will pop up and it's like, how to tell if you're a blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God, that's totally me. But um, there's a lot of times that I'll hear myself talking. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> stop what you're doing. Abort, abort. So, um, But, I mean, heck, that's what makes meetings interesting, that you just ramble off words and, you know, you that's how you play off another coworker or another person on your design team. You're able to say, "Oh, what's that weird thing you said between the bee boops?" <laughs> like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, cool." So it, it'll work out well for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would your what would your coworkers say um, it would be your biggest strength? <laughs> hmm. Um, if it's not attention uh, to the detail and precision. <laughs> <laughs> and we. Um, well, I like to, I like bullet points. I like when things are kind of laid out. And if if we can get to a meeting and we can have a lot, you know, have a fun meeting where everybody's upbeat and having a good time or turning it around that way, then we walk out of it with a list. I think that's probably the one thing that I'll go in expecting is, is you know, order. But um, I don't know. That's weird. I, I, jazz hands. There you go. That's it. That's what I got. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I bring to meetings. So maybe order. It, maybe order was what I was trying to say versus, I mean, I think it is a combination of attention to detail and order that yeah. that it kind of vibes off. Um, so then, you know, we're talking about anxiety, order. Um, most creatives are, are described as risk, as being risk takers. <laughs> what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? Oh, um, I think as of lately, it it ties back into how how I deal personally with with um, events. Uh, usually, I'll give myself time and I kind of say, "All right, here's this," and 
you know, be, I don't, I don't like taking things for anxiety, so I just try to, you know, calm myself through it. But I've taken on a lot recently, especially stuff outside of work. And that's a commitment that's really tough for myself, knowing, okay, maybe you need to give yourself a breather and you need to go home and just kind of chill for a little bit. But it, it worked out well. So personally, taking on a lot of work, a lot of work, is something I never really did. And, um, and I made it through. I am breathing and live. So I was pretty proud of that. But um, in regards to jobs, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the traveling was a lot of fun for a while prior to this, and that's, I guess, a risk in its own. But, yeah, I'm, I don't really have a definitive answer, I think, for that one, if that suffices. Ah, so it's not defined. I'm kidding. Okay, so we're getting into the Dallas part of the, the conversation. So why Dallas? Oh, I love Dallas. Um, I grew up in North Houston, Cyprus, and um, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I grew up there before it got crazy, and uh, there was still farmland, and my friends had cattle, and, you know, we'd have to feed chickens during the day, and then it got busier, and um, I started venturing out to other cities and visiting places, you know, often in Dallas and Fort Worth, and I just fell for Dallas. Um, I loved Deep Ellum back before Deep Ellum had come back to being Deep Ellum when it was still like, don't park your car down here. Um, and I would leave Houston. I would leave North Houston on a Thursday around, I think, 5 or 6 o'clock, get into town around 10 or 11, go to a bunch of shows, stay in Dallas, photograph work, come back on a Monday morning. And I did that for about five or six years until I realized I should probably, I should probably just move up here. And luckily, um, I did. And I don't want to leave because I love it. So it's just it's, it's bustling with everything you'd want. You can go, you can go to each part of the city. Like I'm in East Dallas, so I'm near the lake, and um, I'm not far from downtown. I'm not far from, you know, areas where there's the wetlands down there. I can take a little day vacation, you know, to Granbury or something, and it's all still close, but you still come back home. So it's a great place. <laughs> And here's here's a weird question. What does tomorrow look like? Interpret that as you will. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow looks like work. I'm just catching up on stuff before we get back after our winter break. I don't know. Uh, I hope, especially with tomorrow being almost the new year, I guess, uh, I can reflect on 2015 being a busy, weird year and change that in 2016. A lot of the stuff we talked about on, you know, on, on this podcast recording puts it into perspective and taking time to slow down and things that I enjoy is working on projects for a little longer. Maybe I'll try to make that happen. So maybe be more conscious of work and home and the balance in the new year. So mm-hmm. that's what tomorrow looks like. So this is, this is a, a dark question and I keep asking it even though it's so dark. <laughs> um, what is the last item on your bucket list? Oh, nice. Uh, (laughs) Like if you're holding on to finish it. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. This is our question. I don't know. It's probably got to be something with self-reflection, I guess, and trying to make uh, something you're constantly always working on is just being being better or being a better version of yourself. And that's probably something that would always be last uh, on a bucket list to try to make right. Oh, damn, I'm depressed now. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's that's interesting. Um, you know, I don't have I don't have anticipations to travel, uh, but trying to be a good designer, be a good person, 
those are definitely up there with something that I'll always try to reach for. So if that, that that's probably it. <laughs> well, that's just kidding. Okay. It's going to Australia. That's that's my last one. Hugging a koala, and then yeah. So okay, quick fire. Yeah. Favorite font. I'm not a fan of serif fonts, but there's this one called like Efferlent, and I love it. And I think that's my favorite one that I use on favorite projects, like Efferlent. <laughs> favorite word. Um. <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that? B o o p. Oh, I've got a lot of gifts to send you. Gifts. <laughs> favorite color. Um, I have two. Uh, one is like um, one is like a mustard color, but a little bit more yellow, and then turquoise, not teal. So turquoise together. Yeah. yeah, they were wedding colors, and only because I realized I was like, wow, around my house I have a lot of mustard. Oh my god, <laughs> I like mustard. <laughs> it literally took me looking at our pillows and like clothing that I wear to go, oh cool. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's how I figured out my favorite color. Those are really so. nice together too. Um, favorite you. quote. Oh. One that my grandfather used to write to my grandmother that I found out recently, it was uh, love as ever. He would sign his letters, love as ever, and then little X's because those are little kisses. I love that. I ended up getting it tattooed on my arm in his handwriting, but that is, it's a, my husband and I always say ever together, and um, our, our wedding song was ever, so that's, that's a key phrase, not there. <laughs> Elvis or the Beatles? Oh, the Beatles. Describe yourself in five words. This is me. Yay. <laughs> Describe yourself in one word. <sighs> Just a sigh. <laughs> Just sigh, period. <laughs> Just, or delightful. Um, <laughs> well, that's it. So, it, it, yeah, you made it through. Um <laughs> I don't know if you were afraid if you weren't going to make it, but no, we did. No, um, was, yeah, no, well, I, I I went without maintenance showing up, so that, that was pretty good. And I was like, hold on, bro, this, this was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I like the array of questions. Is there any, any last words that you, you want to throw out there um, during the credits? This is when it rolls. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? Uh, no. Sorry. 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 The interview you just heard is bookended by the track Blue Jay from the album Feathers by Blue Dot Sessions, which I borrowed from freemusicarchive.org and used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Thank you for listening to The Dallas Type. I'm Frances Siliana. 